0: Well, hello, everyone. It's so great to have you. Janet and I love you. We miss you. Look forward to seeing you in person real soon. At the beginning of this year, our nation and the world was attacked by an unseen enemy that we've all come to know as COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Probably the worst pandemic in recent American and world history, bringing about a global shutdown to life as we know it. Now, there are multiple stages of a pandemic like we're facing. Aside from the obvious of identifying the infected, treating them, protecting those we can, and hopefully preventing this from happening again, rebuilding, rebuilding is likely the toughest and biggest steps we're gonna take. Getting businesses and our economy and our lives Up and running again and more importantly restoring and rebuilding hope and life as we know it now we've been in a teaching series called crazy faith crazy faith and my message today is rebuilding faith faith to rebuild from where you are now here's the question how do you rebuild when you've seemingly lost everything. Nehemiah chapter 2 tells the story of the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem and what it takes from leadership and from the people. And then it talks about the opposition that often comes when you rebuild. Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 17 says specifically, God, you know very well what trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins. This is Nehemiah talking. And he says, the gates have been destroyed by fire. And then he puts a challenge out. He said, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Verse 18, he says, they replied, the people replied, yes, let us all rebuild the walls. So they began the good work. Rebuilding is good work. And rebuilding is hard work. In fact, rebuilding is much harder than starting from scratch because you have to deal with all the fallout and the damage first. Now, even more difficult than rebuilding a city is rebuilding a life. You cannot live without loss. Let me say that again. You cannot live without loss. You're going to have troubles. Days of stress, times of failure and loss, seasons of grief and of questions. It's in these seasons that we often ask the why question. Why? Why is this happening? But we're not always going to know why on this side of eternity. I can tell you that. And I can also tell you it's much more helpful to ask the what question. Like, what should I do now that this has happened? Well, let's look at what to do to rebuild. What do you do to rebuild when you've seemingly lost everything? I hope you're taking a few notes. Write this down. Because I'm talking to you about rebuilding faith. Here it is. First... Rebuilding faith releases your grief. You've got to release the grief. Loss always produces strong emotions like fear and anxiety and depression and anger, and these feelings can be very scary. I know, I felt them, and often we don't know what do I do with these feelings? Well, here's some wisdom about emotions and feelings that I've discovered is very helpful. First, don't resist those feelings. Don't say, well, I just don't want to feel anymore. That's not helpful. Don't reser- uh, rehearse them. Don't, don't, don't torture yourself by reliving and second-guessing all the time. Here's some more wisdom. Don't try to reduce those emotions. Don't in other words, don't pretend that it doesn't hurt and say, well, it's no big deal, because it really is a big deal. And I would tell you also, wisdom would say, don't try to keep repressing those emotions. Don't, don't push your feelings down and keep them inside, because you'll eventually, they'll eventually come out, and they may come out at the wrong time on the wrong people and it may come out on the people you love most so what do you do well instead I tell you release them to God what does that look like well David said it this way in Psalm 18 he said in my distress I cried out I called out to the Lord and he heard me I can't tell you how many times whether it was first thing of the morning or some random time during the day or in the middle of the night Regardless of what I was doing when I just had to stop, overwhelmed by some emotion and say, God, you're here. I know you're here. Even if I don't feel you, you're everywhere. You can't be nowhere. I know that's not good English. God's everywhere, right? So you have to understand when you call out to God, he does hear. He hears you. Now, life isn't always happy. I wish I could tell you it is, but it's not always happy. But go ahead and talk to God about it anyway. I found God knows what I'm thinking. God knows what I'm feeling. So just talk to him. And there's been a few times I've gotten really straight with God. In fact, David goes on to say in Psalm 62, he said, pour out your longings to him because he can help. Let me say it this way. You got to learn, don't turn from God in times of problems, but turn to him. Let me say that again. Don't turn from God, but turn to him. Let go of the grief. Go ahead and talk to him about it. I've done it many times. We've had some straightforward conversations. But if you're going to rebuild faith, if you're going to have a rebuilding faith, you've got to deal with that grief, and you've got to let it go, and you've got to talk to God about it. You've got to release it. You can't keep it all in here. Secondly, to rebuild faith, if you're going to have rebuilding faith, you've got to resist bitterness resist bitterness you decide that do do I get bitter or do I get better I know you've heard that before but it's a fact listen you decide that it's up to you am I going to get better because of all this or am I going to get bitter and cynical and sarcastic you know it's amazing how so many can go through a major loss and remain positive while others become filled with self-pity and complain the rest of their lives about things that are going on. Janet and I have been in ministry like over 40 years. And 23 of those years we've learned to live with cancer if you know our story. I, I have little sympathy for Whiners. I know some people who face the most devastating circumstances and yet remain cheerful. Oh, there's pain. Yes, there's pain, there's heartache, there's brokenness, there's tears. But inside they remain cheerful. While others I've seen have some little problem and then whine about every little thing. Hebrews chapter 12 says it this way. Don't let bitterness take root in your life. Why? Because bitterness changes nothing. It only prolongs the hurt that's on the inside. Well, pastor, then how do I resist bitterness? Well, here's a couple things. Write it down. Number one, accept what cannot be changed. Accept what you cannot change. Much of life is simply beyond our control. The only way to overcome some things is just accept them. Like your past is past. And nothing's going to change it now. Nothing. I don't care how much you mourn about it, talk about it, reflect on it. It's not going to change it. Crazy faith, crazy faith is facing the facts without being discouraged. I didn't say you you, you can't be sad or upset or frustrated, but you say, I'm going to press on. I can't change it, but I can do what I can. I'm going to move forward. Secondly, to resist bitterness, you have to focus on what's left, not what's lost. Focus on what's left, not what's lost. Find something to be thankful for. You can. If you'll look around in the middle of everything you're facing, if you'll look, you can find something to be thankful for. Why? Because gratitude destroys depression. You can't be grateful and sad all at the same time. When you become thankful, it changes the mood. It changes you. Yeah, there's still hurt on the inside. Pain may still be there, but you focus on something different. You're on, focusing on what's left. There are people who'd love to have your problems. You're complaining about not having shoes, and and there's some people that have no feet. How do you resist bitterness? You play it down and you pray it up. I know that sounds real, like, wow, we should know that, but you got to do that. Sometimes we play up the wrong things and we don't pray about the right things. Prayer becomes our last resort. If you're going to rebuild faith, you got to resist bitterness. Here's another one rebuilding faith reevaluates your life, it reevaluates your life. Crisis for example, has a way of changing our perspective. It clarifies our values. We all of a sudden realize what matters most. In this pandemic and when we've all been home, we've learned our whole calendar got shifted, our whole planning got shifted, our whole model got shifted, and it's probably been a reset for many of us, and there's been a lot of good things because we've realized family and time and home is important and how we spend it. And I know many of us are ready to get out, go back to work, go back to school, all that stuff, and, and that'll come in time. But I hope this has been a reevaluating process for every one of us as we rebuild faith. You see, if you measure your life by the things you accumulate, and one day those things are taken away from you, then it forces you to reevaluate what life is really all about. That's what we've been through. If your definition of family is tied to your house and yard or neighborhood and instantly it's completely destroyed, it forces you to rethink the true meaning of family. If your concept of church, listen to me, is a building like I'm standing in that's empty today and suddenly you can't gather there, it forces you to realize that church is people it is the people, it is community, it is right relationships. Luke chapter 12, verse 15, the living Bible says, real life, real life and real living are not related to how rich we are. Listen, never confuse what you live on with what you live for. Never confuse your possessions with your purpose. And I hope that we've had some clarity and new perception as we've come through this time, this season, the last eight weeks or so, that we've refocused and reevaluated. As we've all been forced to quarantine and make sudden changes in how we live, the number one thing that most people are thankful for is their family or their family of choice, their relationships. Because the important things in life, hear me, are not things. The important things in life are not things. Paul said it when he wrote to Timothy, he said it this way, we didn't bring anything into the world and we won't take anything out of it either. That's just the way it is. The only way to have real security in your life, is to build on things that cannot be taken away. You can lose your home. You can lose a career. You can even lose your health. You're going to lose your youth and your beauty. It'll happen. You can even lose a loved one, but you cannot lose God's love for you, what he did on the cross by sending Jesus. You can't lose that. Nothing can take that away from you. So if you've got to rebuild faith, you've got to reevaluate your life and what matters most. Here's another one. Rebuilding faith learns to receive help from other people. You've got to learn to receive help from others. You know, God said in Genesis chapter 1, He said, It's not good for a man to be alone. Everybody say the word, alone. Say it with me. Alone. Why? Because every one of us, all of us, we were created for community. If you're going to rebuild your life after a loss, or a crisis, or a struggle, or an addiction, you must allow others into your life to help you. Romans 12 says, we who are many are one body. That means we're all connected, and you don't thrive or even survive alone. Often, when we're in pain, we have a tendency to isolate ourselves. Hear me, big mistake, big mistake. This is when you need the support and the perspective of other people the most, when you're hurting. This is why connecting to a church family like Skybreak Church and becoming a part of a small group is so crucial. We talk about it, and we talk about it, and we talk about it. Get in a small group, get in a small group. And this is also why serving on a team, making an eternal difference with others and with our life matters. Community and small groups and serving creates relationships and you need right relationships in place before your crisis comes not after. That's that's the crazy thing. A lot of people, please hear me. I know this is going out everywhere. Listen to me. A lot of people, they get into crisis and they run to the church. It's happened through this coronavirus. Everybody wanted to go to church and we couldn't even go. We were tuning in. We were looking online. I need need the church. It's kind of like 911 church because of a crisis. Listen to me. Thank God we can go to the church and thank God faithful people have been there tithing and giving and serving and keeping the church alive. But you need to realize you've got to build the right relationships in your life. You need to receive from others before before the crisis starts that's why relationships are so important so when you find yourself in one crisis and you're going to find yourself in one in fact someone said you're either coming out of a crisis you're in a crisis or you're going into a crisis it doesn't matter you're somewhere in there and you need right relationships now so that when the crisis comes you've got the foundation you need around you so you can receive help from others here's another one if you're going to have rebuilding faith you got to learn to rely on god you got to rely on god i I, you know we all are talented different people have different talents i know we're all clever some of you you're really sharp i mean I, i admire people for their thinking and their wittiness but you cannot build a healthy life without god I don't care how clever you are, how smart you are, how much money you have. It doesn't matter how poor you are. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you live on, what color your skin It doesn't matter. You cannot live and build a healthy life without God. Let me say it this way. The acid test of your faith, the acid test of your faith is how you handle a major loss. How do you handle a major loss? And I would say unequivocally that the key— so crisis control is Christ's control. In other words, how much do you and can you trust God? How much do you and can you trust God? Some of you, you trust yourself more than God. I can tell by your actions. I could tell by the decisions you're making. I can tell by what you do and don't do. You don't trust anybody, not even God. I would tell you that's a scary place. I get it that people fail us. But we still have to learn to trust people but i also know god is always there and i gotta say it just this way if you've not trusted god how's that working out for you think about it if you've not trusted him how's that working out for you why not try trusting him where else are we going to go he's there all the time i read one time some years ago that when typhoons hit the rural pacific islands islanders would often tie themselves think about it they would tie themselves to unmovable palm trees until the storm passes in other words when everything else is being uprooted and coming apart in your life you got to decide and you must know it's important it's imperative to be anchored to God because he never wavers he never said life would be easy but he said he would never leave us and he would be with us. So what do you need to do, what do you need to do to recover from a challenge you're facing right now? What what do you need to recover from as you're listening to me right now? Is it a divorce? Is it the loss of a loved one? Is it a broken dream? Maybe it's, financial disaster bankruptcies money is in short supply maybe maybe it's a health challenge maybe it's a crisis in your career whatever it is what do you need to recover from job which is a really interesting story not one that we all run to as the first book of the bible to read i get it but it's still there but here's what job said he said through god through god Listen to me. He said, through God, you can be restored. Through God, you can be restored. We have to learn if we're going to have rebuilding faith, rebuilding faith, crazy rebuilding faith. To other people, it might be crazy. Why aren't you doing that? All this has come against you. Just like they said about Job, his friend said, why are you, you got to rely on God. When everything else is shaken, don't run from God. Run to God rely on him here's a couple more thoughts for you we'll be done rebuilding faith refuses to be discouraged it refuses to be discouraged now that's a tough position to be in I mean you got to be resolute you got to you got to plant your feet if you're gonna if you're gonna have that attitude in fact in Luke 21 it says if you stand firm you will win if you stand firm you will win i would tell you just just get resolve in your heart to never give up did you know you are much more resilient than you realize and think you are sometimes you you know you're like man i don't know how y'all go through that you see people going through i just don't know i just couldn't do that oh you don't know till you're there you don't know there's resilience, there's stamina, there's strength in you because it's God in you. When you're relying on Him and you're trusting in Him and then you realize, I'm not giving up, I'm not a quitter. Listen, you knock me down, I'll get back up. It's kind of like as a boy they had those those blow-up boxing things and you you can hit them and they, they were weighted and they'd bounce right back up every time you hit I'm telling you that's what some of you when you have God inside of you when God is in your heart when you're trusting God you can get knocked down but somehow you just get back up you just keep going listen you're on the winning team Jesus is in your heart Jesus died for you he took pain and sin and suffering and sickness and all of that for us and it didn't say life would be easy but he said you can have rebuilding faith here's my last one if you're gonna rebuild faith you got to learn to reach out to others reach out to others you know it's powerful it's really powerful that we get better by helping other people (laughs) even in the worst circumstances in other words people find significance in serving There's something about it. You feel like you, even you say, "Well, I just don't know how. I I just, well, I've been through, and where I'm at, I, I don't know how I could help somebody." What about the power of just a text? For example, with this pandemic, we have a huge opportunity to practice encouraging one another. Who have you called? Who have you texted or emailed to say, "How are you doing?" I was thinking about you. Do you need anything? Just want you to know I care. You're a friend. I'm thankful for you. There's power in that. No matter what you're facing, what you're going through, you can do something to encourage somebody else. And it's just amazing. Again, it's about perspective. Am I looking at my problem? Am I looking at God? They're there. Problems are everywhere, right? challenges are everywhere they're there what are you going to look at oh I know we have to face them deal them deal with them figure out how we're going to strategize to work through things I got to, I, I get that I get that but I would tell you the moment there's something chemically and spiritually that happens inside of you the moment you turn your attention off of yourself and you turn it on somebody else you know what? You say, well, I can't get up and drive my car and go pick up groceries and take them to somebody's house. Or I, I don't have the energy to bake a cake and send it to somebody. I, I I, I, that's fine. What about a simple text? If you've got three minutes where you could focus on that other person, that really matters to you. And just show them you love them. Be kind. Did you know that if you'll smile? <laughs> sometimes inside you're not smiling but if you'll just put a smile on your face maybe you need to stand in front of the mirror just walk past the mirror and smile even when inside that's not what you want to do you'll see something beautiful god is everywhere he's right there with you right now and we got to have rebuilding faith to move forward we're in a season of rebuilding I don't know what it's going to look like exactly as we move forward none of us do but I know we can trust in God I know we can stand on his promises can I pray with you right where you are right now God we need your help to have rebuilding faith Help us to turn our grief over to you, and to not become bitter and cynical, but to to become better, hopeful. God, help us to identify what matters most as we go through this time that we've been in, and, and learn to ask for and receive the help of other people. Thank you, God, for right relationships help us to help others not only in this crisis but always always God we rely on you and we refuse to be discouraged you brought Noah through the flood and Moses through the Red Sea and we know we know by faith by crazy faith you're going to get us through this moment we're in. Help us to have crazy faith. Because it's only crazy until it happens. (laughs) It's only crazy till it happens. The Red Sea parted, the flood came, but the boat Noah was in floated and God took him through. It's only crazy until it happens. If you don't know Jesus as your leader and your Lord, if you've never surrendered your life to Him, did you know Jesus came? He's my leader. He's my Savior. He came and He died for every one of us. He took my sin and yours, and He nailed it to a cross. In fact, He took all humanity's wrong, and He paid a human sacrifice for it when He died on the cross. That's what that event was all about. It wasn't just about a man laying down his life, but He took our sin, yours. He gave us access to God because we had no right to come to God because of our sin and our separation but Jesus and his shed blood paid for that if you've never accepted it he said if if you'll just say with your mouth Jesus you are Lord and I repent of my sins and I ask you to lead my life forgive me the Bible says if you'll say those words and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead you can have eternal life Can I pray with you right now? Would you just repeat these words? If you've never said this before, would you just pray this prayer with me? Perhaps you need to pray this prayer again. Maybe you said it at one point in your life. Let's pray it together right now. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me of my past, take away my sin. I invite you to be Lord and leader of my life from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me. Amen. I want to be the first to say. Welcome to the family of God. If you prayed that prayer. Get in a Bible believing church. If you're here in Bryan College Station. We want to see you at Skybreak Church right here. uh, Every weekend. Whether it's online or in person. We'd love to see you. Let us know that you prayed that prayer. We love you. God bless you. We hope to see you again real soon.